So we're now live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast, and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And we thought we'd do a kind of like a, a midweek special, shall we say? Well, it wasn't really my idea. It was, I think, Grant came up with it first. He's the one that's been badgering us <laughs> quite a lot. But uh, with that introduction, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when, when are we doing a Wednesday? Do it now. But yes. Um, so, yes, we are doing a midweek special and we are joined by the amazing Grant again um, to talk about um, the TV show that's just recently broken all the records, I think. I think it's... Uh... All of the records. It's surpassed Stranger Things with viewing uh, figures and watch hours and shit. It's It blew up. But still not beat Squid Games yet, I don't think, because they're saying it's the English uh, English speaking TV show that's streaming, I think. Is that uh, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not that prepared, are we? Yes. <laughs> I am very prepared. I have come with my Ursula Nordberg and I am prepared. Yes. And uh, Beth has already commented that Sammy is dressed up as Wednesday as well. So she's actually been our resident goth. So for today, <laughs> I couldn't resist it. I was like, I've got the dress. I couldn't do the hair. <laughs> I re- I could not do the hair. I thought I'll pay homage to Morticia with the hair, but Wednesday can be the dress. <laughs> we'll chip in to get you a wig next time. <laughs> oh, fun! <laughs> well, RuPaul's Drag Race on us, but yes, yeah. So um, I'll I'll get the disclaimer out of the way with first, and then we're just gonna let's just crack into it because I am dying to talk about this. <laughs> so everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone if you want to discuss anything from today's episode please come and join us in the facebook group where we can have an open discussion uh what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong we can all agree to disagree in fandoms so let's keep it fun keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism yes as we always do every day doesn't always work but hey ho we try <laughs> we try <laughs> but yes um because this, I, I know there's been talk about this show for a while, but it, it wasn't on my radar until uh, the casting announcements. And I think the first one that actually stood out was the announcement of Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Yes. Um, that was the first time I actually started taking notice because you hear about all, like all these different in like versions and um, different different things that that come about. But I always. I, I was intrigued when they said that she was going to be involved and it wasn't going to be about the Adams family, that it was going to be solely on Wednesday. But then I think I heard, like, after reading up, it was a Tim Burton aspect. And with being a huge Tim Burton fan, it kind of like took us, I was like, okay, that's piqued me interest even more. But that that's when it kind of got into my radar. I don't know about you guys. When did you start hearing things about it? Probably the same, just the casting, the the talk, the fact that the, the mock-up pictures mm-hmm. that you see, like the concept art and, you know, fan casting and stuff. And then it was, oh, it's actually going to be Wednesday, mm-hmm. not the Adams Family. And yeah, probably the same as you, just as it was all unraveling. What about you, Grant? Yeah, same. It was probably the casting announcement of Christina Ricci being in it, but... <clears throat> that but not playing Morticia because there's always been that thing circulating that she might be cast as Morticia after having played Wednesday and yeah it was when that came out it was like mm, what's okay what's going on here and then 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones as well, which I think was a bloody good choice. Bloody good, good choice. But that was the thing as well, because it was because in the world where everything gets leaked and like all the information is out there for like say, to find, mm-hmm. there was very little to to read about this. There was so little imagery about this until the first like even even the first images that was released were like silhouettes. So there weren't mm-hmm. actually pictures of the cast. So you never actually saw uh, like them as Morticia or um, Wednesday and Gomez and stuff till actually, I think the day before the trailer, that's the, when they released like the posters and stuff and the character mm-hmm. posters. And then we got the trailer. And I'll, I'll be honest, when I first saw the trailer, I was a little bit worried. I was like, this this looks like it's going to be very teeny, uh, bop, um which the show kind of was in its own way, but I thought it was going to be very a- aimed at, like, like, like the the vampire diary crowd type thing. Mm. Um, not saying it's a bad thing; it's just not not my level of taste, if that makes sense. Same, same. I didn't realize how big the Vampire Diaries fan club was until I went to Liverpool Comic Con, and Jesus Christ! I the minute I saw this trailer, I was like, "This is for me. Hmm. This was made for me and my." teenage goth that still lives inside of us <laughs> it was feeding my soul basically and has kept on feeding it ever mm-hmm. since i've been what I've, this is probably the third time i've watched it now with ansel <laughs> i haven't been that obsessive over it yet <laughs> but i will go back i can run through i will go back to it i think i like to say over the christmas period when you're looking to find something to watch but i think it does have rewatch ability value as well i think yeah. a lot of like like shows like brooklyn 99 uh for me sabrina the teenage witch which i did get heavily sabrina vibes from this not teenage yeah. sorry the chilling adventures chilling. of sabrina yeah but yeah. i wasn't i wasn't hating on that though i got it instantly mm-hmm. especially when she went to the school and like mm. the, the aesthetic of the school, that's a word you'll be hearing a lot through this <laughs> podcast. Um, aesthetic. And um, I got total like Sabrina feels, but I wasn't hating it. Mm. I was actually really liking it. I liked where it was going. And a lot of Harry Potter feels as well. Yes, that that, that was the show. Um, it was a goth version of Harry Potter, I think, crossed with a little bit of Scooby Doo. That's probably the best yes. <laughs> description. But just taking it back a step. Um, what did you think of the casting all round, like for like the Adams family or all the main players as well? Um, there wasn't many missteps in my opinion, but I know there's been a lot of talk and a lot of communication, yeah. like online. Um, not yeah. not to say the negative parts, but for you, did, was any of the casting perfect, or was there anything that you would have changed? Dan, you can go. Um, I've got nothing but good things to say about the casting, if I'm perfectly honest. I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they were very, very brave to go with the depiction of Gomez that they went with. Um, More traditional, you know what I mean? Raul Julia is a break from where that character is supposed to be, but Mm -hmm. for them to not try and out-Raul Raul, I think, was very, very important with it. And that Mm. what was probably the most um, disputed casting decision Ended up being my favourite. I loved Gomez. Absolutely adored him. Me too. Absolutely. I thought it was such a brave choice to to really go with the Latino actor, like really take it there. Um, Mm -hmm. And also the idea was to base him off the original comic book concept, Mm -hmm. like art, as opposed to what you are used to with, um, oh gosh, what's Sean Astin's dad called? Somebody Astin. The one from... 
that's it. And then you've got um, the 90s, and I'm sorry, I butchered his name earlier, and I ain't going to try it again <laughs> out of respect. Um, but then you've got that version, and it's them two kind of like meet up together. They're like very, mm-hmm. very similar in look. But to take it the way that they have done, I thought was so brave, such a good choice, and he's such a beautiful person. <laughs> I just love him so much. No, I agree. Like I said, that aspect of the cast, and there was only one cast well, I don't know if it was the casting that was wrong, but maybe the way they portrayed him that wasn't. I didn't. I never got the feeling was Pugsley. Um, Pugsley, sorry. Um, he he didn't remind us. He was a bit too much like of a wet blanket, if that makes sense. Because he used yeah. to be like a foil to Wednesday, like because he used to be like when they were together, ultimate dangerous and stuff. But it felt like she was like. Uh, she was always the what the take charge one, but he could always hold his own. And yeah. this and this it just felt like a bit of a damn squid and I missed his little cow flick as well. Like I say, they give, I know they give him like I say the, the Latino hair and stuff like that. But I think for me that that wasn't like say the Pugsley uh, our, our puppies would have went for. And the only thing other one that I'm hoping we'll get more of because the the aspects I I I liked, but I didn't love. Was Fester? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He was. Um, he wasn't what I was expecting. In all honesty, mm-hmm. I knew who the actor was who was playing him, and I knew instantly the second I like saw him, I was like, "Oh my god, it's him from Brooklyn Nine One One." The <laughs> right, the very first episode, the yeah. weird guy at the yes. door. Um, and I'm sure he's been in a few Kevin Smith's um recent projects, but mm-hmm. I, I liked him because mm-hmm. he, he be, but. Me and Anthony have just been talking there, and and I know one can be Christopher Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> and I've still like I've got that, and I shouldn't because this is a completely different incarnation of the family, and mm-hmm. should be completely kept separate. But when you when you're looking at how fucking brilliant he was, you're then looking for that in this character as well, and I just I, I wasn't quite getting it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, no, no, I didn't dislike it. It just it didn't stand out. Because that, that was one of the characters I was looking forward to seeing was Uncle Fester, because mm-hmm. even in the original show, he was closer to the original show than the Crystal Lloyd uh, yeah. version. But um, it was more like silly and goofy and stuff like that. But again, um, you do need these type of elements. But I'm hoping that part does grow. Because if the rumours are true for season two, we are going to be getting more of the Adams Family elements to it. Yeah. But like I say, the cast and like uh, I know uh, people like say I, I absolutely adored Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh. She looked absolutely phenomenal and breathtaking. Um, and it was nice to see a little bit of um, like I'm trying to think of the right the right word like because Morticia's normally like unflappable and like mm-hmm. any situation she, like you you can't like bother her. Well, in this, she seemed like a little bit of weakness. And so it was nice to see that vulnerability. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, in Morticia this time, which I didn't think we've got previously, which, because uh, like I say, Angelica Houston, and again, harping back to the 90s version, was stunning. But even when she's getting tortured, she's losing. They've lost the home. She still, like, never breaks, like, the stiff upper lip, where Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones shows like weakness shows like they said and even gets like frustrated with Wednesday with her being a teenage girl now yeah. so it's it's I, that type type elements a tone never changes she still manages to keep the same tone but I totally agree with you um I got a lot of Caroline Jones from her mm-hmm. a Absolutely. lot 
a lot of Caroline Jones from the look, from the actual way that she spoke. Um, bit more husky than Caroline Jones because Caroline Jones's voice was quite soft. Um, but I, I got total. I, I wasn't. I'm really happy she went down that route as opposed to because you can't replicate Angelica Houston. She is amazing because it's Angelica Houston. And God bless her. I've been doing a lot of research for this. And (laughs) oh my God, that poor woman went through so much to get the face that we see and know Mm -hmm. and love from that 90s film. They pinned her face back. (laughs) They literally pinned her face, took any fold and crease and anything they could find and pinned it back to Mm -hmm. her scalp. Yeah. And she was constantly in pain. No wonder she acted the way she did in the film because she was probably fucking sick of her life. But I'm glad Catherine Zeta-Jones decided in her look she was going to go more the traditional route as opposed to the pulled back face. And in the bright red lips, she didn't do bright red lips. She didn't do bright red nails either. She kept quite dark. Um, I have paid a lot of attention apparently to how she looks in her <laughs> And Grant did, but for other reasons, so don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I just, I loved the costume. Mm. I love the fact that when we saw flashbacks of her, she wasn't just wearing the dress still. Yeah. And holy shit, the casting of the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. The young girl who played her was spot on. No, I think you can tell this was Netflix money. It actually took time and, mm. and did stuff with it. But Absolutely. Um, but as I said, the casting of, uh, like, say, Wednesday herself, Jenna Ortega, which is strange because the the amount of stuff we've seen her in the last uh, year or so. It's, she's, she's, it's she's, just the last year. She's been working hard as well. And I know the probably did camera angles and stuff like that, but she actually looked like a teenage girl, like 14, 15. I don't know how old like, she was meant I, to be played. I think she's, like, 20-year-old. Yeah. But she is tiny little thing and it's terrifying it's not terrifying but it's really funny watching her stand next to Gwendolyn Christie and I mean stand next to her (laughs) not stand in front of her like to where they're like face to face and you can do the dodgy camera angles I mean actually stand next to her I've seen loads of footage of Gwendolyn carrying her on her back (laughs) like literally just and it looks effortless Gwendolyn could carry me anywhere bless her oh absolutely (laughs) I want to be that ginger man from uh, Game of Thrones I've seen (laughs) It's me, the big woman. <laughs> the, uh, the the casting of Jenna Ortega was absolutely just brilliant. That girl's look, that girl's face, the the fact that she. I mean, we know the whole blinking thing that is all being talked about on the internet. The fact that she did she did blink, mm-hmm. you, it, but she did it when she was showing emotion. Mm-hmm. It's like because she can't. It's like almost like she can't control it. So she it, like that's when her eyes blinked, but she only did it three times. And yeah. um, I think the fact that they took Wednesday out of the dress was mm-hmm. brilliant. The fact that she wore different clothes, but still kept to that monogram. What's the word called? Where it's like black and white. Monogram. That's it. But and why they did still they, kept but, to that? Why did they give her like? Because they said it was school uniform, but why did she have a different tone? She died. Was, it. Did she? She died. I, I didn't. I didn't yeah. miss that bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Anne um, said the same thing. Anne was like, why is it different? I went, because she fucking dyed it. <laughs> like, this is Wednesday. She ain't going to wear purple. But yeah, like, even like the side characters, like, like I know, like, well, we've just talked about basically the side characters because all the other people were like, like special appearances. Mm-hmm. But like the main cast, shall we say, like, um, yeah. 
a best uh, well Wednesday's roommate that turned out to be a best friend oh. uh, was it in it in it I I absolutely fell in love with her like say I Instantly. absolutely adored her she was like just the cutest thing I've ever seen but then even like the male casts as well they all played mm. like say the the different roles and. Um, like all of them over phone and over Wednesday and stuff, being the new toy at school. Um, that was like one of my notes was like, for all Wednesday doesn't want. To, she says, "I don't. I'll, I'll never. I'll never fall in love, and I'll never have a family." She does not have a lot of boys tripping <laughs> over her. Like she has a decent choice. <laughs> yeah, but um, what about you, Grant? Uh, any standouts for you? Um. For me, mate, Festa was a massive standout. Um, <laughs> it's I, I really, really like the fifties and sixties Adams family with uh, Carolyn Jones and uh, John Aston and all the rest. And I absolutely adored his depiction of Festa because it took it to that one <laughs> generation of it, as opposed to going. I think with the the original cartoons and what have you, you've got more of Christopher Lloyd's Festa, <laughs> um, but having I don't know. It it just absolutely worked for me. It was like a like a comic relief serial killer. Yeah. Um, yes. It was it was incredible. Um, and he's part of probably the most emotional part of the entire TV series as well. Mm. But I'm sure we'll get on to that bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I did like his connection with Wednesday when she's telling yeah. him, like, which, which hit him in the bee off bee thing, saying, "Don't eat the bees," and he's yeah. like looking at him, and he pops back and says, "I told you, put leave the bees alone." Well, he's, he refers to her as his protege. Yeah, so yeah. it's the first word. Like my my dark protege or something like that. Like she's a she's obviously learning all of her scheminess and craftiness from Festa, and I think mm-hmm. that's going to make an amazing dynamic if they keep going. It was, it was the a... stories that she kept telling about him as well. Like yeah. even when he's not on screen, something was mentioned in the cap, and she was like, "Yeah, my, my uncle Festa, like he was he was a prisoner there or something." Oh, that was it. Where did you learn that? Um, mm-hmm. prisoner of a prison camp or something like that. Like, yeah, my uncle was a prisoner. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it was interesting as well that throughout the show, the first time you actually see Wednesday a smile is when she sees Festa. So that was a quite a, a nice little take because we've got always got the like little half smiles and the little glimpse. Yeah, but then we got a little full full smile with the teeth, like uh, when she realizes. Um, but what was episode seven when he made his appearance? I believe mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, because um, yeah, and. The one-off. He's watching six now, so he wasn't in that one. So it must be seven. Mm-hmm. But as we're saying about the plot and like uh, how the show worked, I think you nailed it on with goth uh, Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. That's well, you only really got that vibe after this episode two because episode one was the one that was felt a little bit drawn out and not hard to watch. But it was putting putting everything in place to mm-hmm. get to where we where needed to be. So it, it did feel a little bit plodding. But the camera work, uh, the the lighting. Oh my god, the lighting in this uh, TV show. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm going all RuPaul Drag Race here, but uh, it was absolutely beautiful. Mm. Like the aesthetics and like how just like glimmers of light. It was. I would. I, 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 I'm gonna. It's hard to say this, but it was very Tim Burton, but Tim Burton light because because. Again, when we heard Tim Burton was involved with this, I was petrified because I thought we were going to get like a Willy Wonka style, like over the top, like with everything that that he can do for times. But he was very withdrawn. Uh, like it's it's almost like someone was like saying like editing him quite a bit because this 
it felt like a Tim Burton film, but at times it didn't, if that makes sense. Like the yeah. things that they do, like the costumes and the music was very, like with it being Danny Elfman, of course it was Tim Burton, but it felt like it was a very like peeled back, like held back uh, restraint Tim Burton, if that makes sense. It does. It massively does. Um, he didn't, di- he didn't direct all of the episodes. I don't know if you, I only noticed because at the, you see the director's name at the end and he didn't direct all of the episodes. So did the mass majority, but he didn't direct all of them. So mm. I feel like he's had a lot. He's, he's been influenced by other people's perspective. And you know, that saying where it's like, if when you go out, you should just take one thing off. Mm-hmm. So you're not, I think that's what he's done. He's kind of like just taken, taken it back just a little bit. He's made it so I didn't get Burton vibes at all. There was a couple of moments where I did, mm-hmm. but I didn't get total like, oh shit, this is a Burton project. Well, um, the, the start was very Burton. Like I say, the opening and like I say, the introduction to so Wednesday. He just reminded us of Sabrina. So. <laughs> um, and then like anything to do with Kristen or Racy, just smacked to the face of anything that Burton would do like like all her facial expressions like all the like the way she popped in and popped out of the scenes that was very Burton in my eyes um and the ending like say the whole like like this the way it finished off in the standoff that to me felt very Burton-esque and the big monster can we talk about the monster yet <laughs> the big monster didn't give us Burton vibes but it definitely gave us Camilio del Toro vibes like the, just around the eyes alone um the monster was incredible. <laughs> You're not going to hear me say a bad thing about that monster. I just wish it just wasn't as CGI'd as it was, if that makes sense. Uh, I know it, it was going to be very hard to do it in practical effects, but I think the facial expressions kind of took us away from it. But again, that's just me being very harsh on something that was, um, like, say, a, a, a show that gripped us. And, and normally, even Nicole, she doesn't like watching, like, binge watching. And we watch this over two days, which we we normally make these shows last a week or two weeks at the most. So uh-huh. it it did make us, but it was a very much a Scooby Doo like who did it, and going through all the different villains. Um, I know when I realized not in the first episode, but when I realized Kristen Ricci was going to come back and reappear more than just a little cameo, I knew she was going to be too big of an actress and too big of a name not to be like a the main part like the main thing so i kind of worked out she was going to be the villain from the second I episode didn't. <laughs> i didn't see it coming at all can i just talk for a second about how amazing christina ricci looked and how beautiful her hair was in that program her hair color and the style of it and the choice and the glasses oh she just looked fantastic i did not see it coming mm-hmm. i was too suckered in by them big eyes Grant, did you guess it? I, I had it sussed immediately, mate. Uh, <laughs> but that didn't take me enjoyment yeah. away from it because obviously, you know, it's, I've got the destination sussed, but the journey was still incredible for them to get where they were going with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I saw that coming a mile away. The minute she had those bright red shoes on, I was like, that's too much of a weird thing <laughs> for it not to be something that's going to come right round at the end. And there it was. The thing yeah. is, when, when you rewatch it, there's so many signs. Yeah. So many signs. And the biggest one is her coffee order. Yeah. Her coffee order is the biggest one because she tells the um, mayor it's one thing. And when she's at the dance, 
um, the the guy, what's his name, who she goes on the date with, the the sheriff's son, he tells her, he says something completely different and she just agrees. Mm. She just nods and smiles and she even says his last name as well at that point. So there is little snippets when you rewatch it, didn't get it. Didn't see nope. it coming at all. I'm so, I'm so stupid. <laughs> the only thing I didn't didn't work out, like, I, I, well, I, you worked out, but you thought it was too obvious was him as the Hyde, because uh, he played a great role, and mm. like you thought, you you kind of guessed and saying it's going to be this person, that person, it's going to be such and such. That was a good like say the thing I used to like that uh, I Tyler that everyone's pointing out now. Um, yes, thank you. That that was a great like it was so in your face that you was it was so obvious that you thought no it can never be but when it turned out you weren't disappointed that it wasn't because it kind of made mm. sense. Them are the yeah. kind of like the like the switcheroos or like say the the things when you like you do things like the knives out and stuff like that. Another great who did it film. Um, Love it. Uh, you're not really disappointed that you were right, as Grant said, because like say the journey was so fun to get there. But mm-hmm. it's like. It was just interesting to see Wednesday get so frustrated throughout, and the more she was guessing, the more she was getting wrong. And yes, even though she didn't show too much of emotion, the emotion that she was showing, it was entertaining to see her like come alive and become that little bit more frustrated. And as as you said, I know we've talked about it before. Gwendolyn Christie's character, mm. the head headmistress in this, was played to a T because. You thought all the way long that she had something sinister to do because she was literally in every little element, every little subplot. Mm-hmm. She was always there. Um, and I, I do think it's like great, but also a little bit sad as well that she came out and said that Wednesday was the first ever TV show she's done that she's felt beautiful filming. Well, honestly, just want to give the woman a hug and say everything that I've ever seen you in, even when you dressed in a chrome bloody stormtrooper outfit, you looked beautiful. That woman is everything to me. I absolutely love her. And the way that she was styled in this was unbelievable. The way that they didn't hide her height either. Mm-hmm. That she sw- at the funeral scene, she stands head and foot like above everybody else, and they didn't. And I look as a tall woman, I very much appreciated that because we, you know, I've I've been to a funeral with my mom's family, and they're all five foot. I'm <laughs> five foot nine. It's not it's not a nice feeling, but I love the fact that she stood with her head held high, and. Um, her hair was fantastic. And it's really sad watching back on how much she generally believed in Wednesday, even though as you're watching it, you think, oh, she's trying to foil her plan again. Oh, she's trying to do this to Wednesday. And she really, really wasn't. Mm. She wanted to do nothing. She just wanted to help Wednesday fit in. Yeah. And you can tell that, like, say certain things, but as as the show built, it like each character's got the time to shine as well. That was like say the elements mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed because I know this was only a short show. Thankfully now America's starting to get get the idea that we don't need twenty four episodes, eighteen mm-hmm. episodes to tell these type of stories. No, uh, this had subplots. It had little like side quests, as as you as you say as well. That were quite fun. The whole um, Gomez being a murderer aspect was brilliantly and again it didn't take away from the original story and it kind of 
but kind of built like that family, um, like say bond and stuff. And when they used things like like the practical effects, uh, like I, I still can't believe that. Well, I can because it's amazing that thing pretty was a human hand all the way yeah. throughout. Yeah, it was what it was. They shot in Romania, and he was a Romanian magician that mm-hmm. they found. And it, you see, when you see him in his blue suit, and you do, it's so weird because you obviously see his wrist, but then mm-hmm. you see the attached the top bit coming up. Mm-hmm. It just looks so strange <laughs> when you see him, when you see the blue part in him. But he was he was phenomenal, phenomenal, and such like for it just being a hand. Mm-hmm. Had so much range and so much depth. Like he had his own little thing going on. His relationship with Enid was so special. And um, I just I love like this hand. <laughs> Everyone needs a good little bit of a hand though, Sam. So that's don't they just <laughs> yes. um and I generally nearly came to tears when I thought he was gonna die. Yeah, there's been a yeah. couple of moments where it got me to your eyes. One of them was that episode with the um, the murder, with the where the, where Gomez has been arrested for murder, and it's when she's explaining to him, and it's so sinister the way she says it, but she's like, "Who made me go into a shark tank?" And he's like, "But yes, but you were so you they were you were more cold blooded than what they are," <laughs> and but it, it was so sinister. But then she was like, "You raised us to be this strong woman, this independent woman," and. And as as far as go, you were adequate. Why well, yeah, I burst into tears. <laughs> but yeah, that whole aspect that that conversation was probably the most Adams family conversation in the whole show. Yeah. Like her and uh, and Gomez, that little repartee was just basically it, it got vibes from every genre or every incarnation of what the Adams family has been, mm-hmm. and they got it so right. And I think that's with the show like this. If you get more things right than wrong, because again, you can't make like say it's you'll never get a perfect show. You'll never get anything that's just like ticks boxes for everyone. Everyone's got their own different tastes. But the fact, especially with something as as beloved and is immortalized, like we did a review not too long ago. Remember the monsters, mm. which is a similar type of feel. Um, completely different contrasts and ways of going about doing a remake of them, that type of show. Both had their strong points and weak points, but this one, I think, was more fearful and, but in a way, has took more risks than the Munsters as well, which I think kind of lent it to, because I think where the Munsters failed is when it went back too old school or, or too much towards, like, the past, where this went, this isn't Adam's family there or of or, or what you've seen before. This is going to be everything's going to be brand new, and this is going to show you things that you've never seen. Like Wednesday getting their first kiss with a boy, that was like a, a proper sweet moment, and but like say a great plot point as well. But um, that's why I kind of gravitated this and absolutely fell in love with it a lot more because it 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 wasn't scared to try things that. Probably mm-hmm. other other directors or other if they made a film, they probably wouldn't have done. Yeah, I feel like the the they had a lot riding on no, not so much getting stuff right, but just making sure it was in the right setting because you've got to think like this doesn't just it's not like the, the monsters just had the TV show to fall back onto. That's what you you're looking at, as in that's where it's coming from. But with the Adams family, you've got comics, cartoons, 
the 90s film, the TV series. Um, there's a lot to go off there. I think, he, honestly, I can't speak highly enough of this show. I fucking <laughs> loved it. I really did. What were your what was your favorite points of this? What do you say, Grant? Um, you, it kind of marries into what you were saying about them taking risks in the right places, and I think where they took a massive risk and got it so so right with this is like it's the dialogue, it's the screenplay behind mm-hmm. this. The writing of the dialogue is absolutely sublime. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of tropes that you can fall into with the mm-hmm. Adams family because there's obviously these you know, very iconic moments like Festa with his electricity in there mm-hmm. and what have you. And mm-hmm. they get the tropes in, but they only just touch on them. And the rest of the dialogue, the script had to be perfect. The use of language and the way that the dialogue is delivered mm-hmm. needed to be on point for this to work. And that's where I think they massively surpass any the dreams of it. Is mm-hmm. yeah. It's just every word is like poetry. It's beautiful to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I could sit and listen to this with my eyes shut. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think um, the the best part of the dialogue is subtlety mm-hmm. and how subtle they are with things. Um, Gomez's nicknames for uh, Wednesday was probably some of the greatest dialogue I've ever heard because it just, I've even wrote them down. <laughs> I've got, you called her my little viper, our little Scorpio, my little death trap, my little tormentor. My little storm cloud. But it was so, it was just, it was so subtle. It just felt completely and utterly normal that this is how he would talk to her. What was, again, like say, talking about the writing and stuff, It like the dialogue they used, they didn't dumb it down. Mm-mm. They never used, they didn't use stupid things. They didn't over-explain it. Um, they kept it fun. And the relationships as well between each and every one, it, it felt natural. It felt the way you would react to someone like Wednesday, where you're trying your best to let them fit in, like and she's just been an absolute twat to the point where <laughs> where you you would break and you would lose your shit. So yeah. I, I totally you totally fell for Enid because like I say she was this little ray of sunshine trying to do everything as she can. But and but I loved it how they took Wednesday out because the whole thing about the Adams family as well, it was like this weird family in normal a normal life, like in mm-hmm. with the norms, shall we say? I took Wednesday out of the norms and put them with the weirdos. Yeah, and, and she wasn't the freak anymore. She wasn't the standout. Well, no. she stood out for different reasons, but there was werewolves, there was vampires, and Science. I fucking loved the stoner joke with the Medusa. <laughs> that was such again. It was a teeny joke, like like a teeny bopper joke, but I was all there for it. It was it, it actually. Um, and because, like I say, they didn't make a big reference to it till later on when she was meant to go on the date, when mm-hmm. it just saw a little snake sliver out of his hat. And I was like, that's so fucking clever. So well done. It was uh, the fact that she turned around and went, well, I don't mind getting stoned for you. It'll only be <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> Enid completely has my heart. The way she handled her parents when it was parents' um, weekend, as well, our mother especially, um, and they were trying to get her into like a camp, like a like a conservation camp. Is a conservation? Am I saying the right conversion word? Therapy. Conversion therapy because yeah. she's not she's not wolfing out. Like, <laughs> oh my heart! Like my heart broke when that happened. I was like, give the girl a chance and her her nails. Mm-hmm. How fucking fierce were them nails? And the amount of people I've heard complaining about the fact that when she because her nails. Extract, extract, 
and come mm. out. People are like, well, how is she? Why has she got them painted all the way down? Wouldn't she have them only half painted because she only shows half of them half the time? And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like, who gives it looks a, cool. it who gives interesting. a shit? It looks fucking fantastic. And then I'm sitting there going, but if she pulls them out and then paints them, then puts them back in again. Fuck you, internet. Like, I am I'm sick of hearing little diddy bits that they're trying to pick the pieces over this. One of them, um, oh, I'm not even going to get into it. It's it's too, it's too ridiculous. Right. We'll continue. You know, I think they actually cover the nails thing as well, though, because all the bits where they're falling out and they, like, there are excuses for coming back. It's all because she's looking for nail varnish. She's constantly got the nail varnish. Like, you know, she's just going and they come all the way out. She's using like four fucking bottles of it a day. (laughs) And her and things spend a lot of time on their hands. So, of course, she's going to have like, nails are going to be perfect. She has these fierce nails. Oh, I love her. I love the fact that she made her a snood. That was one of my, that was one of my favorite moments. The fact that she made her a black snood. But also I loved Wednesday with her as well because there's like, you, you can't gauge Wednesday sometimes and when she goes on a date with the guy, with the guy with the snakes and she's going, wish me luck. And he's like, if you break your heart, I'll staple his. Um, <laughs> she's still like, she that cares, but that mm-hmm. we'll get to the end bit because I'll probably end up crying when we talk about the end bit. But I can say the other characters as well all played the part. I did like uh, the guy who played Bianca, not the guy, the girl that played Bianca as well. I thought oh. she was quite interesting. And like I say, her eyes, I know there were probably contacts, was, mm. but like I say, mesmerising. But I love it how, again, there's they got a lot in this show without overdoing it. Like how her, her mum was uh, in, in a cult yeah. and um, trying to attract different people and how she escaped from the cult. Which of course, if you were a siren, you would be mm-hmm. attracted to cults to bring it on, like and mesmerize people. So again, so cleverly done. I know you talked about the werewolf uh, like conversion therapy, like mm-hmm. almost like say a dig at like say the, the like the gear conversion therapy that should mm-hmm. be banned worldwide. Um, but even like the things like when she goes to the therapist and she's like having like fights with the therapist, like not physical fights, just like um vocally and like say like the sparring she does with that again it's entertaining and even the the sheriff he played like a decent role like say mm-hmm. it's just like say the local sheriff you think he's but the only question is did he know about tyler all along or was it just it realized after a certain point i don't know because he saw when it comes to tyler he kind of distanced himself away from his problems mm-hmm. because but then it, then because then life becomes real but he must have known about his mother because that was the thing because he knew his mother was like um, mm-hmm. from from that school and she was the last known hide that yeah. had to get rid of from the school. But again, I know there's a lot of loose ends and things that need tying up. That's why we're hoping for the second season because yeah. we don't know what's happened with Bianca after her mum give her the ultimatum after the school term ends that she has to come and join us. Is that going to happen or is she going to find a way out? Um, well, she's a siren, and her mum's losing her power, <laughs> so she I, I can imagine. But I found Bianca's character to be absolutely amazing. The um, the fight sequence with her and Wednesday, and by the way, anytime you see Jenna Ortega fighting, that is Jenna Ortega fighting. She did her fucking work for this film, she learned to fight, she learned cello. 
She learned German. <laughs> she she really went <laughs> she done all dance, out. She done dance choreography, as we found out. That while, she didn't. While, while she that, <laughs> that the basically said uh, go out and do some dance moves, and she basically just made it up. <laughs> she she choreographed the thing. So from what I've what I've heard, I say on interviews, she choreographed the whole thing in her head. She had it all figured out what she was going to do, and what she said on the day was, "Just keep filming. Don't react to it." Mm-hmm. So that was the first time anyone was seeing it was when they were filming it. And she took like inspiration from um, 19th goth videos of uh, all those goths dancing and uh, Susie and the Banshees and the Cramps. And she kind of like took inspiration from all that. But yeah, that is a hundred percent General Ortega. And that fight sequence when they're doing the, um, the sword fighting in the G, I'd loved it. It was just, I think it's the most boring sport in the world, but it looks so beautiful and so fluent. I loved it. (laughs) But that that was probably the first time as well that Wednesday has been bested. So it was Mm -hmm. like taking like a little bit of a a back step as well, because realising that she's not going to have everything all her own way and and win everything. So that was quite an interesting take to see how she kind of reacted. But what I liked about it as well, because... Again, I know I slated it at the start with the the casting of Pudsley, but it probably has made sense when you go through like how Wednesday acted throughout uh, a time in school. She was always drawn to like the the kids that kind of needed help or were getting mm-hmm. picked on, or um, a little bit like as I said, like a wet blanket. Like, like I can't remember the kid's name now, but the guy with the bees. Like, I was oh Eugene. <laughs> Eugene. Oh, Eugene has my heart. I love that boy so much. But how she kind of gravitated towards him and become that friendship as well. And like even Tyler, he had a bit of a like a lost boy sort, like like face and kind of like he didn't want to be in that town and stuff like that. And there was something damaged about him, which we found out a lot more when it come a lot later. But you could see she was kind of gravitating towards these broken souls in a way. Yeah, she has a connection to them, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Grant, but, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, I found it quite formulaic in mm-hmm. that sense. You know what I mean? That kind of, you know, new girl outsider unites the nerds. Um, you know, it, it, it does follow a structure that is really, really familiar. But the way that they pull the mythological elements into it mm-hmm. and make it relevant to... You know, there's a reason that formula works, you know. I mean, every teen Mm -hmm. movie is kind of structured roughly the same way. Um, It's, you know, Taming of the Shrew vibes, you know what I mean? Um, But the imagery, um, I thought, was absolutely astounding for, like, the wider universe, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Um, Really, really just pretty. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like everything was done, like even like the sacred society, like when they went downstairs and like the whole uh, to open it was cleverly done. And oh, uh, that line that what is it? Um, you know, blindfolded, uh, hands uh, tied, cutting off circulation. Don't know if I'm gonna live or die. This is my <laughs> kind of body, <laughs> yes, absolute beautiful delivery. <laughs> um, and the the love at Gallon Porger in this whole program as well was outstanding. <laughs> like, really outstanding. The fact that he's, the whole school's named after him, the Secret Society, mm-hmm. the statues, the poor cup, 
the mm-hmm. pawns to the the fact that you had to pick three pawns. I just absolutely the quotes. She even quotes Edgar Allan Poe um, during it as well. I love the fact of how much poor they used in this. <laughs> I think that was always going to be the way. Any any type of goth type of TV show, they're going to like, lean heavily on them type of aspects and them type of tropes, but. Um, I, th- I agree with Grant to hundred percent. Like, say every, any, like say trope that they had, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of threw at it a big style. But I think the characters were interesting enough, and that's what drawn you in. And it stopped becoming about being the Adams family pretty quick for me as well, because because yeah. because that's what like say I, I was worried about it was going to be or how many Adams family references or Adams family things they're going to put in, and it become more to do with like the cast or and the people that were on sk- on screen. Um mm. like everyone like kind of like drew us in and like kind of got us engaged more. Um like even like tiny like parts as well, like the aspects of um like the mortician guy. Uh like uh, like he even he seemed a bit like really interesting. I know he didn't last that long. And then then we got the town mayor who like say was like say uh Played really well, and they like, could have been just a boring like side character. But like, say, all of them had the like little interest in four builds. But one of the main things that did grip us from the start and to the finish was basically the music that was used. Yes, I'm so glad you brought the music up. I have a list of all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> I really did my homework on this one. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna mute Sam for a bit though. That's fine. <laughs> Oh, what? Because I got the names. I've only got a couple. It was actually it was actually one that was bothering us that I had to go and look at the the soundtrack because I'm thinking it's when she's. I said this to you before. I thought it was an Edith Piaf song, and it's when she's sitting on a typewriter. It was possibly on the first episode, and it's not. It's La Llorona, and it was played in the movie Frida. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but it was doing me head in. I was like, I know it's from Frida. I just can't think of what the song is. And I love the fact that they use that song in there. It's such a, oh, beautifully depressing song. Well, with anything like I say, with Danny Elfman or anything that's involved, the music that they probably picked out and stuff, it was very cleverly done because they could have mm. done like anything as generic as like emo music or like mm. say, and went, uh, it would have worked. It would, you would have like thing, but with anything, you heard like little bits. It was the build-up to ones, uh, like yeah. the one that's playing in the background now, the Nothing Else Matters. Mm-hmm. You don't recognise that first, and you just hear mm-hmm. it, and you hear the beats, and you when you sl- slowly get further, you think, that's Metallica, that, that's Nothing Else Matters, and, it, and it's so lovely done. And it, the same thing happened with the, like, say, the the, the cello with uh, Painted Black. Um, it, again, it's a slow start, and you think, oh, it's just going to be like her showing off. But when you t- find out it's like a... a like a rock music, but done in like classic style, and with this type of like type of show, it just give it a little bit more. It felt special, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, the fit the uh, paint of black was was mm-hmm. I think iconic, but I don't think is it is iconic as the Metallica. Um, nothing else matters. It took fucking. For, I am a, Metallica is my favorite band of all time. I am a huge, huge fan. And it took me about a few minutes in to begin. But I recognize this song. <laughs> How do I recognize this song? And then I start singing it and I'm like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> 
it's nothing else and nothing else matters um it was just brilliantly done i watched an interview with lars today because i was so interested because there's a lot of metallica coming out in popular culture now mm-hmm. and i was like what's made them change their mind because they never allowed their music to be used the only time it was ever used was for uh, James's friend, Joe Berlinger, when he did the documentary Paradise Lost and they used uh, Sanitarium for the opening sequence and it was the only time they ever allowed music. Um, And I watched an interview with Lars on Howard Stern where he said, we were far too fucking precious over songs that were 40-year-old and we needed to to stop doing that. And when the Stranger Things thing came along and they got asked if they could use Master of Puppets for it, they were like, yeah, go for it. And then they realized that doing that brings in a newer and younger audience. And I think it'll find exactly the same with Wednesday. Mm. At least I hope anyway. What about you, Grant? Did, I know you're like say big in the, the music side of things, the best of times. <laughs> no, I've been sitting here, mate, because I thought the score was absolutely flawless in this. You know, the other week mm. when we're on uh, do, on doing top five villains. Um, there was two of the people that were in there that, you know, the characters were directly linked to the score around them, and it was the score that helped the evolution of the character. Um, yeah, the choices were nothing else. Matters and painted black <coughs> were absolutely incredible, um, but the atmospheric elements of the mm-hmm. score um, mm-hmm. as well, just, you know, your, your little builds and jumps <laughs> and pops and what have you for, you know, accent and things that are going on. Um, it was it was a delight to listen to. Like I said, it, the sound is so good on this that I could listen to it without watching it and mm. absolutely enjoy it and know the storytelling because of the quality of the sound that they've put into it. It's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. Definitely. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, even the opening sequence, the music in that, I can still hear it in my ears right now, the plinky-plunkiness of it. Um mm-hmm. The opening sequence, I don't know if you have actually sat and watched it fully, but it tells you the whole story in the whole opening sequence. <laughs> From not giving you like anything away, but it does set each and every episode up to the final bit with the tree burning. But the most brilliantly brilliant touch that they did was when Christina Ricci's name comes up, they had the teddy bear and the guillotine. And mm-hmm. it was it was to pay homage to her character in the Adams family. Uh, when she played Wednesday because she was fascinated with the guillotine. I still think it's hilarious as well. Like the plot of this is basically just like a homage to Adam's family values or Wednesday takes back. Yes, <laughs> the, yes, the, the pilgrim the, world. The, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, that was so well done because that was my favourite part of the Adam's family values as well yeah. is when Wednesday and like the others take back from the cool kids and stuff like that but it was like kind of flipped on its side this side mm-hmm. where the pilgrims are fighting them now but no that element question is though where do you think it'll go for season two because it's got big things to to follow and there's big characters lost as well like when then christy is not going to return oh, but or is, lo- she? or is she that's one of the theories now beth is absolutely itching to talk about the end bit. This is one of the theories that's been, not just Beth said it, I've seen it a few times on the internet. So at the end of Wednesday, and she's in her car with Lurch. Now, bearing in mind, her mum and dad could have saved her at any point. Mm -hmm. They could have came and took her away. But Lurch is the one who comes to get her. And at the same time, the hide is passing this way. Lurch is going that way. Lurch's eye colour is completely different. It's completely whited out and his eyes roll in the back of his head Mm -hmm. as the hide goes past. 
people don't think that that's Lurch. Right. They think that's Gwendolyn Christie. And she oh. is taken Wednesday out for safety because something is going to happen. This is just theories of the, and I'm sure Beth will jump in. Um, but this is what theories is, is that it's Gwen, it's, a, it's either Gwendolyn Christie or it's another shapeshifter who has come in to save Wednesday because something that hide is going to break free. Well, wasn't Lurch just pretty much just Frankenstein's monster anyway? So he could have different eyes for different days type thing. I don't know. His <laughs> eyes were, um, his, uh, all I noticed was his eyes were normal when you see him originally and when you see him with the Adams family, but then they are very different. Mm-hmm. At the end bit in the car. That's the only thing I saw. But he does kind of tilt his head back like he's gone into a bit of a trance. Right. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, the, what was I say? I think she's still alive. Lurch is different, yeah. This that's what the theory is on the internet at the moment, is that she is still alive. All right. I wouldn't be sad to if they brought her back, but they would have to come up with a fucking amazing explanation how she's just survived that much to, uh, toxin to the neck. <laughs> she's oh, Gwendolyn Christie. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I'm not. I only. I, I only saw this the other day, and I, but I wasn't convinced that it was Gwendolyn. That it was Gwendolyn Christie's character. I thought something that it meant something, but not that. Right. So before we start like going into different theories and stuff, I, I've got to ask. So, what was your favorite part of the the show? Like the moment, shall we say? Oh, God, that's hard. <laughs> um, that's what he said oh probably when Eugene saves the day at the end when Eugene comes in with all the bees and all the and bees gets get her. and he's like what does he say us, buzz need our, oh, us hummers need to stick together um, I absolutely <laughs> love that boy so much um, that was probably one of my favourite bits along with I gotta say the dance sequence I absolutely loved it I could watch it over and over again her eyes are so mesmerising <laughs> Um, mine was probably Enid transformed finally <gasps> into the wolf and having that big uh, like CGI battle <laughs> the, yes. between that and the hide and, and how she kind of like stood up for Wednesday and then you got to like see she was injured and then she finally got a hug and that was like a really sweet nice moment as well so I thought like the big story of the show for me was her and Wednesday's relationship and how mm. it kind of transformed um, and that was like say quite a nice, a little bit of, like a bit, quite a bit special in the show as well. It was that hug. That it was that hug. It's when she because she hugs her and she her arms are stiff and she doesn't. She looks like she's just going to do a Wednesday and she's not going to react to it. But then she kind of pulls her back, looks at her face, and then gives her this massive hug where it's proper like gripping hugging. Um, yeah, I'm going to start crying. That part was so beautiful. Enid's transformation that she got to, um, she got to howl eventually. I was so buzzing, like absolutely screaming at the telly, but I would have been devastated if anything happened to her. Mm-hmm. What about you, Grant? Um, mine, even though this, like this sequence also has my biggest nitpick, probably my only nitpick out of the entire show. It's um, the bit with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Wednesday where she recites back the, the true events of what happened mm-hmm. when uh, the guy was murdered and how um, Gomez had taken the blame for her and all that kind of thing. Um, I really like the fact that they, they crack the shell on mm-hmm. Mortish. You know, mm-hmm. mentioned it before about how she wasn't like Angelica Houston, which was, you know, just complete kind of, you know, ice-cold demeanour. You know, you get to see a bit of... 
the bit of sass out of Catherine Zeta-Jones and the build-up to that in her interactions with Gwendolyn Christie, so you know you're going to get a little bit more of an emotive, mm-hmm. uh, emotive, but not what you end up seeing in that little Salah sequence. I thought that was really, really well put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful just to see her. Uh... It was to see the fact that you were talking about the vulnerability side of her, even by just the fact that you could see she'd been crying before Wednesday had even walked in the door. Her mm-hmm. eye makeup was no different than what mine looks like when my eyes start to stream. Um, it just like kind of sits at the bottom mm-hmm. of your eye. Um, the, the performance of them two together was, was a sight to see. It was beautifully done. That grave digging scene where she's like, Oh, I remember when you got your first grave digging set. And she's like, you can come and join and you can just see her looking at her nails going, no, you're okay. You're having, <laughs> you're having fun. I, I love the interactions between mother and daughter. The necklace that she gives, the W and the M necklace, I thought that was such a lovely touch. You know that's going to be the, the go-to thing to get now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for one, even though my, mine's an S. <laughs> I'll still wear it. <laughs> yes, but um, so the big twist at the end as well is when she got the, uh, the the phone and she got the text messages. I know Beth's been yeah banging on about it in the chat in the chat. Who do you think that is? Because that's going to be the big. Is that going to be the long game twist? Because I know they said they're hoping to do three or four seasons of this. <sighs> Yay! Who um, wanted the text again? I've completely drawn a blank. It was just like photographs in. Uh, I, I, I'm still watching you or something like. Oh mm. right, right. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> haven't given a thought. <laughs> I, I would like to think it's someone that we haven't seen yet. Mm. So someone that because if they go with anyone that's basically in there, it's like Bianca's too obvious. Uh, Enid would be uh, would just uh, it would it wouldn't it would kill the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I say, it could be one of the, like the side characters, like say a Enid Stoner boyfriend or something like that. But again, it's going to like say the the two too obvious and stuff like that. But I would like say like to be it's someone that we haven't seen yet, and someone that's going to be coming in, someone like that's just lurking in the shadow in the shadows. Yeah, I think um, Beth's in. She thinks it could be Tyler's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, what about thing? <laughs> What I was gonna say. What about <laughs> Looking out for it's a, Yeah, uh, like, and it's just totally. Where, 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 where is where's thing gonna hide a camera phone? Have a think about it. He hasn't got any pockets. He hasn't even got a sleeve. He hasn't even got a sleeve. He hasn't even got a sleeve. You could have someone doing his bidding for him. I think it'd just be hilarious if it did turn out to be thing, and he was it was completely misdrewed, and he is just looking out for it. I love the fact that he was mentioned in it as well. The fact that they had the portrait there too. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, there we go. It starts, Grant. <laughs> he could just have an Apple Watch around his wrist. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> hey, have you tried to text on an Apple Watch? It's fucking impossible. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond style photos on an Apple Watch, but yeah, no, um, you cannot. <laughs> but I, I, I know it gives you a lot, lots of scope. Um, I, I don't want them to move away too much from the school in the next season. I know they said they're going to bring in more of the the family aspect and stuff like that, but the only because I'm kind of I'm kind of liking the Harry Potter vibes as well. So yeah. the more, I'm sorry, I need to make an apology. We've I've called him thing. It's cousin it. Sorry, that's what I was referring to, cousin it. Like and I've been caught I called him a completely different name and Martin's correcting us. I'm very sorry. 
No, cousin, cousin, it's the hairy one. That's not who I was talking oh, about. I thought you were talking about. <laughs> no, that, no that that's makes, who I meant. <laughs> that makes more sense then, because like, say, exactly. he, he, he can conceal a lot of stuff with that hair. That's but, what uh, I meant. I'm so sorry. I was calling him the complete wrong name. My apologies. But they would call- be funny as well. <laughs> But they did have a picture of cousin its family though down in the the night. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's there. You can see him. That's uh, that's what I was. That's why I was like, how funny would it be if it was him? <laughs> I, I, that wasn't cousin it though. It was it was a relative, I believe, because it said something like from years ago. I like, got a different name. I think could be wrong, but I'll go back and watch it because uh-huh. I thought, oh, I was getting oh, there's cousin it. I mean, cousin it. But then uh, it said something different on the names. Thing. I was going, oh, it must be like a different relative. It cause... did have it in there. It did have that, but it was ITT at the end. Right. Because he's not going to be, his real name's not going to be Cousin It, is it? <laughs> he's going to have a real name. Well, if, if, he's, if he's called anything different, I'm going to sue. I'm going to put a law. I'm going to get off. I'm going to write gonna... a strongly worded letter to Netflix. They've ruined the entire legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Can you see any of the the? Because I know we've had Krista Racy in this one. Can you see mm. any of the other cast come back? I know, like one of them can't, unfortunately. Uh, but um, Angelica Houston could be the new headmaster. Uh, like, say, if the, if they replace, that could be interesting. That would be incredible. The woman, mm. just like and like Morticia aside, the woman mm. is such an incredible actress. Um. Oh yes, De- let's do it. If they, if, they, if they bring Debbie in, I'm all for Debbie. Oh, Debbie, me and Anthony just been re- re- reenacting some of Debbie's scenes. What about Debbie? <laughs> Bless her. I oh, love it. Get, yes, John, let's get Debbie back. John Cusack was amazing in that role. Unreal, was... absolutely unreal. <laughs> the Black Widow, but yeah. Um, what about you, Grant? Any theories for season two? Um, I do, I want them to move right away from the school. Right. Um, I think that has worked really, really well as a self-contained series, and I think if they keep going with it, it is just going to be goth Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and it'll end up with them flogging a dead horse. What I'm hoping mm-hmm. is potentially that the text message is, because there's theories kicking about that Fester's a little bit of a guardian angel, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, he just kind of appears. Um, I'd like to see them branch off and do a Fester series, and you'll get parkbacks, you'll get a little bit of Ortega in there and a little bit of, um, you know, the the extended family again, but concentrated more on his side of things. Because um, yeah. they foreshadow little bits, you know, he's, he's been doing bank jobs and yeah. you know, it's kind of weird and wonderful stuff. That You know, a, you know, a clown thief kind of cat burglar thing, I think would be a good concept to run with for him. You know, a little yeah. bit of a dodgy dealer. You know what would be quite... You know, it'd be quite interesting as well, because I know the talk about it quite a lot through this show is, um, what's it, Xavier? Is it Xavier? Yeah, is, the kid is, with the drawings. His family background, because yes. it is heavily talked about how there's interconnection between the Adams family and his family, like they've been around in social situations. Uh, the like uh, He mentioned that he's been around Wednesday as children as well. And mm-hmm. his father's talked about quite a lot from conversations between him and Bianca, him and Wednesday. So saying that aspect as well, because he's meant to be a famous, someone famous, isn't he? He's a famous psychic, isn't he? Yes. A, yeah. And they, they talk too much about his family for it not to mean something. That's how I felt anyway. And the fact that they brought up Wednesday's grandmother 
as mm-hmm. well and granny that would be so cool um get angelica oh, cast as granny i forgot about granny oh granny mm-hmm. see what she can cook up with some cats and stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> But there's so much there's so much that you could explore. So I think getting away from the school would be such a grand idea. I want to see the house. We saw it for a split second where um Wednesday, oh God, this broke Anne's heart with that Scorpio Nero. <laughs> he was absolutely devastated that they killed our Scorpio. But you just get to see the house for a brief second while she's I want to see that I want to see you inside the house. To be fair, though, I know we were talking about Tim Burton-esque. That was straight out with something out with Tim Burton would do as well, that Scorpio reference and how yes. the, the pet she was walking the Scorpio. That, I, I felt like I was watching something out Edward Scissorhand like, for a second. It, do you know what it felt like? <laughs> it felt like his, um, his short animated film, um, Vincent. Mm. It felt like that because it goes from bright to where she's walking the, the Scorpio to then it zooms down on darkness while she's burying him. And it, it just felt like that light and dark contrast that you get with Vincent. Um, I'm starting to see more Burton in this than I actually thought. <laughs> One thing I did want to touch on as well that did surprise us about the show, because I didn't expect, I, I, as, as we mentioned before, I thought it was going to be very set for teenage, the teenage audience and stuff, but how violent and bloody this was as well because this is from the very start even with the the piranhas a bit then the description like oh you only lost one testicle uh <laughs> so good though wasn't it like it was so good the fact that she just it's the no shit given look on her face and when she drops them in you're like no <laughs> loved but- it but all the way throughout, this was bloody messy, violent. Like when they go past that truck, and, and like it wasn't just like a broken neck; it was like snapped and disjointed. When they went to see, um, like the hiker, it was a bloody mess and yeah. messed up. And even when Tyler got his, like, r- like clawed himself, as we found out, again that was oozing uh, like more blood than we saw in the Dark Knight. Ne- never mind, uh, in in most in most like say horror films that we see these days. Um, it's true. And the with... big scene that was um, a massive homage to Carrie mm-hmm. was the uh, blood, well, blood scene. The look on her face when that starts to happen is just, um, it's iconic. She starts, she doesn't fully smile, but she does the half smile and you can see I get excited and so disappointed that it's not pig's blood and it's paint. Yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> uh, like I said, there's so many good things, but they could do, as you said, in in future seasons as well. Like, there's so many different horror aspects and horror tropes they could use and mm. do new twists and slants it as well. But um, I'm interested to see how a book comes on. Like, say, because you a next season could be her releasing the book on a book tour again. What's, just what's that book called again? It was something Viper, wasn't it? It was the 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 extraordinary tales of. Mm-hmm. So, something Viper. To know. She could... has some discipline, that girl, mind. She <laughs> disciplined herself to write two hours a day. And she wrote two hours a day every day. <laughs> She's got some fucking discipline. That's how shit gets done. <laughs> there, everyone's talking in the chat about would Johnny now Johnny Depp's free. Could we see a Johnny Depp come into the Adams family at some point? Anything's possible, but... That crunch like, no. <laughs> but I think now, because Christina Ricci played a part and yeah. there was a reason for her to be in, anyone that the cameo in 
shouldn't just be shoehorned just because they're yeah. a name. They yes, should have absolutely. a purpose and add something more. But I feel if they brought someone like Johnny Depp in, it's not going to be the Wednesday show. It's going to be, oh, we've got Johnny Depp in the Wednesday show. And that will take the focus away. But like mm-hmm. someone like, like, as I said, Angelica Houston, even if they give Crystal Lloyd a cameo somehow, again, little elements and little things to harp back on would work in, in, in ways. And the Christina Ricci part shows that it's not, because again, what everyone was talking about was get Christina Ricci's back, which is not Wednesday. What's going to play? Yeah. So, but she was in it enough and she played a, a good enough part that you kind of forgot. There was even people saying, uh, I was talking to, um, saying I didn't even realise she was in the Adams family. She's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I get that though. I totally, like, I can totally understand how people can be taken away from the fact that she's not Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. She was just, it's the fact that she played a normie mm-hmm. and the fact that they're called normies. I love that. I love the fact that they're the weird ones. Like, <laughs> we, would we fuck be a normie? So fuck that. Oh, shit. good God, no! <laughs> I'd, I'd force myself to have special powers. I'll go and roll in some toxic uh, dump waste. <laughs> and and there is still elements that we are like say again. There's so many like as I mentioned the loose ties like the the normie kids uh, back at um, that the pilgrim world and stuff. The mayor's son who's lost his father, and his his little turn little little journey through this show was quite interesting mm. as well. Again, I wouldn't more say more than that. I know he's going to ha- potentially hint at the relationship between him and Bianca. Uh, again, mm. it's forming bonds and seeing where where things go. And um, Again, I know in season two, you probably lose certain elements, but again, they can always harp back and bring it on. But I'm excited and there's not many shows that I've watched uh, recently or like say like, even like say Sid probably, I know Stranger Things is an anomaly. I'll, I always get excited for that mm-hmm. because that's just so well done. But even yeah. if, even Stranger Things felt a little bit long this season compared, like where a lot of the storylines were overplayed. But this was done to the to the where I'm really excited where it could go. Yeah, I totally get that. There's only been two TV shows this year that's had as like as buzzing as I am right now. And it is Wednesday and it is Stranger Things. I've never felt on the back of Stranger Things the way that I did before over a television show. I have never been sucked into theories upon well, theories upon theories. Well, they are both Netflix, so they could do a crossover episode. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> a new student comes to uh, Evermore School called Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and they managed to bring Eddie back. <laughs> as That's the new, how they bring Eddie back. It's as the, as the new as the new music teacher. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I, I do hope that we do move away from Nevermore. It's yeah. it's been. It's not that it's been done, but Grant's right. It's going to go down the Harry Potter route, and it's going to be like year one to seven of. Of Nevermore, and I just want to see. I want to see the the, the world the Adams live in. I want to know their day to day routine. I want to know what they have for breakfast. I wouldn't mind a book series on the back of oh, this. Yes, yes. That, like say, the, like the Wednesday Chronicles or something like that. Like say, oh, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> you giving me ideas, man. 
Again, <laughs> could be interesting, but yes. Um, I, guys, I don't know if you've got anything more to add. I know we've pretty much waxed lyrical about this. Uh, I, I don't know if you've got any things that you want to talk about more. I've uh, covered every part of my notes, so I'm happy that I've said. Oh, actually, there was a couple. There was one more thing which I thought was really beautiful. Um, Tim Burton um, took a lot of inspiration from original um, Charles Adams' work. That's why you get obviously um, Gomez looking the way that he does, did like the frog type look of how he looked originally mm-hmm. drawn, but also the name of the calf is the name of the place where Charles Adams would go to to work on the Adams family. All right, very cool. I just thought little little things, little nods like that just really ha- this is why this program is so special because he's it just feels doesn't feel like Tim's just went right we're going to do Wednesday and it's going to be x y and z. He's really put a lot of thought into this. Like there's a lot of love and care gone into it. I probably the line I loved, my, again, I know we talked about favourite things, but the favourite line, mine, when Wednesday is talking to Enid about the blog and says, um, if you, if it's two days in Adams, if you're going to talk about us, at least get, get my name right. And that's probably been a thing throughout the Adams family throughout the years, that everyone yeah. who wrote about the Adams family always put the name wrong. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, there was also one more line that she said, um, and it was just as I was leaving the room, she was like, I have it for bears once. <laughs> I want to be able to use that line sometime. <laughs> I love the fact that they gave Eugene like the geekiest little character, possibly the most sexually charged line in the entire season um, when he's got the girls in the, uh, the shed. Yes. And he's, what is it? Don't be afraid. I've got a massive smoker and I know how to handle it. I didn't like to touch it. shit. <laughs> I um, I got a lot of feels when you when they go into um when she's in the hospital room oh. with in Eugene's hospital room and his mum's come in mm-hmm. and she's like oh your Wednesday oh Eugene's been talking about you. he's done nothing but talk to you and the thanking and thanking her and the fact that she can't comprehend the fact that she's what she's done for that person yeah she can't get it in her head that. She's given something to somebody else without really doing anything, with just being there, just being a friend. I love them little them little twinges of it. And I absolutely love when she smells formaldehyde and she gets excited. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when she opens the grave and she proper inhales it. <laughs> so, if, again, when we do our review episodes, I always like to do the, the five out of ten thing. I think it's it, it works. Um, I know. I think we know what Sam's going to give this one. Five has to be a five. If I can give higher, I'd give higher. What about you, Grant? It's getting a four out of me. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about how much care is taken. I mentioned it before. There's one nitpick that I've got in the same sequence that they established that Morticia is the captain of the fencing team. They then. 10 seconds later, cut to her wielding a sword like she's a toddler that's picked up a stick in the woods. And I was just like, no, you've just said that she's an amazing swordswoman. Let yeah. her flash him up properly. It's like she's just kind of stood there like, oh, I'm so... Like, <laughs> I would like to have seen a bit more venom out of her in yeah. that bit. <laughs> no, I'm saying, though, that she is a murderer now, so uh, I say we can call Morticia the, the, the murderer. But yes, uh, I would probably say the same as Grant a, f- a four. Like, say it, it wasn't perfect. There was elements that kind of, like, say, 
bordered on the line of cheese. But again, uh, it's not a bad aspect, but that's just down to personal taste and anything else. But it mm-hmm. it is probably as near perfect TV show that we would get from the type of uh, with the type the people that's involved and the type of like thing it was talking about. This could have been such a car crash TV show. I don't think mm-hmm. people understood how bad this could have went for a lot of reasons and very easily do by just by sticking to like like un, like what people were expecting. This mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked any other way than they did it. And again, I know that sounds strange. Like, yeah. how do we not know? But we've had shows like this, like, um, like as, as you talked about, Sabrina. Sabrina yeah. was great, mm-hmm. but fell flat and didn't get to this, the levels it got on this in the first season. This was such a carefully do- who done it. Who, that was very like the word I used earlier was subtle. Everything was subtle. Everything was it was an easy follow. If that meant it wasn't totally oversaturated, where that's what happened with Sabrina. The first series was so simplified. This is we're going from A to B, and the, you're going to follow this journey with this person from point A to point B. And then it just gets totally oversaturated with more shit and more shit and more. And is she dead? We don't know. Um, but the Wednesday didn't give us that at all. It just gave me a, a, a very classic whodunit. Mm-hmm. And I love a whodunit. <laughs> so just give, give um, Sam an episode of Scooby-Doo each week and she'll be happy. But yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thank you very much for coming on this cold and blustery Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, yes but thank you for everyone that's joined in and thank you Grant for joining us and making me do this uh, <laughs> thanks Grant <laughs> it was worth it it was an amazing show we should be doing a three hour episode on this one <laughs> <laughs> and you know what if Charlotte was here I, th- I think we probably could go three hours <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so Home Alone this weekend, is that right? On yes, Sunday? absolutely. We have Home Alone coming up on Sunday. The following Sunday, we're coming back to Burton in a way. We do Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, after that is the 23rd of December, which mm-hmm. means it's the Christmas specials. And then at the beginning of the new year, date to be announced, we are doing the year review. Yes, we're going to try and get as many people on that as possible yes. from the team. Uh, it'll be carnage. It'll be chaos. Uh, it'll be, it'll be fun. Um, it'll be fun. <laughs> I know, like, see, I, I might have a special guest for us on Sunday. It's like, see, so keep an eye out. And even Sam doesn't know who it is, so it's going to be a surprise if it works. Uh, oh my so, god, I love surprises. <laughs> that should be fun. But yes, so uh, join us and follow us wherever you are. I, I, I've been, I've been a bit lazy this week. I haven't put the audio yet on. Spotify for the last episode, so there'll be two episodes going up in the next few days for this lucky, too. Lucky, lucky people. So yes. you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also come and join us on our new Nerdy Up North TikTok page. People, please come and join us and anywhere you get your podcast from. Yep, you can tell Sam's in charge of the TikTok. Uh, <laughs> but as well, I know we've mentioned it before, we are, like say, launching the Patreon. Um, yes. at, at the moment, it is live. There's not much content in there. We are pretty much just uploading the podcast and a few graphics. But what, what in essence, the, how the Patreon's hoping to work is basically we are hoping to grow the podcast and make it bigger and get like better, like say, 
and get us out there. So it's kind of help us with the costs. So that so if you if you do like like say there's, there's a little as two pound uh, you can donate. Um, and again, like say if you you'll get your name on the podcast and like say uh, and certain things as well. So please yeah. do uh, look at that. And it's again just type into Google Peter in the audio up north. You can normally find us and like any penny. I feel like a, a children in need a commercial now. Every penny counts. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a way to put it. We will give you the best content if you help us keep the lights on. Exactly. And if you yeah. watch Friday's episode of the Watch Along, that's the kind of shit we're going to be looking into doing. So please join us on Patreon. It is launching in the new year, so obviously more detail will come out and obviously how things will work. But come and join us on Patreon. Yes. So same bat time, same bat channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.